Hello, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. What's going on, Allie? We have a repeat for you, but there's been some really amazing updates since we aired this episode. Jen, you want to tell them what it's about? It was about a year ago. We covered this group, Mug Jerry. They're two comedians uh, that are part of a group called The Good Liars. And it's Devon Stiefler, Jason Selvig. Basically, with Mug Jerry, the whole idea is they were spoofing Fuck Jerry. We all know that Fuck Jerry was not paying content creators for their work and just reposting things that it's a multi-million dollar company. So you're going to hear more in the episode about how Mug Jerry came to be, but uh, they are sort of flipping this all on its head with their own initiative. But besides that, since that aired in December 2019, the Good Liars have done so many more things, and a lot of their work is very political. Of course, you know, it's been political out there. So they're around and you might have seen them. Yeah. Devram and Jason have been working together for years and years and years uh, doing political stuff. I feel like they started during like Occupy Wall Street, but they've really I mean, they've been doing well for a long time. They had a movie on Netflix, but they've like blown up in my opinion at least during quarantine the the content they've co- they've put out in quarantine and with the Trump administration overall and also the covid response and the stop the steal the commentary and interviews and pranks they've been doing are incredible so we encourage everyone to go follow them on Instagram they're at @tglnyc that's the good liars nyc they're also all over TikTok and their stuff's amazing. I just watched one where they had, they asked for Ben Carson's autograph and Ben Carson didn't notice he was signing a blank prescription form and then they <laughs> filled it out for whatever they wanted. Like their stuff's just incredible. Oh, wow. So we're excited for you to re-listen to this interview about a fabulous prank they did of Mug Jerry, but also go check out their latest pranks. That's right. And just to say, guys, we have a lot of good stuff coming and we're really excited about a few episodes we have coming out. So, you know, please do listen and stay tuned because uh, there's some there's some new stuff down the line. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. On this week's episode of Two Girls, One Podcast, we get to the bottom of why so many people on Instagram really want to have sex with Jerry Seinfeld. That's right. The Fuck Jerry Instagram account has 14.5 million followers. What's the deal with that? And now here are the podcast hosts who always prefer to fuck Newman. Kids, ask your parents about that reference. Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I have a background as performers. For a long time, we had a comedy show called Blogologues where we used the internet as a script and performed verbatim internet posts on stage as different characters. We then had a web series called Two Girls, One Show where we met the people behind the posts and went on scripted adventures. And now here we are with Two Girls, One Podcast where we are focused on the interview portion, talking to people from the world of the internet. Yes, we actually contact them and get them to come talk to us on the show. So hopefully you're excited. We're excited. Uh, Today, we are looking at a take on uh, a a huge phenomenon on the internet. So I'm sure you've all heard of Fuck Jerry. Well, first of all, hi, Allie. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There are two other people here. Who cares about us? Whatever. You You were doing fine. You were doing great. Fuck Jerry and fuck fuck Jerry. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Fuck Jerry, for anyone who doesn't know, is an Instagram account known for... Uh, stealing content essentially from other people's accounts. So internet memes, tweets, things like that, just screenshotting it, posting it without paying and in the past not crediting uh, the people who originally created it. And this started, you know, fury with the people who are creating this content, especially comedians who would like to get paid for their work. And the fuck fuck Jerry movement started um, about a year ago. And I believe that's when they started crediting people for the content, but they're still not paying them. And to be clear, they have built a business uh, off of the backs of these people. This is a full-blown media company that is now making millions of dollars. Jerry Media. Yeah, right? it's Jerry Media. 
They were behind the fire that, festival. Right, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, did either of you watch? Oh, right. I watched, I guess, the Netflix one, but there was two of them. I watched the one that didn't even mention Fuck Jerry. Did you guys watch the one that goes in on how he's part of the scandal? As far as I know, they were simply brought on to help promote it. And they were one of the early people who really gave Fire Festival its name when, when people were actually buying tickets to it. I see. Figures. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, th- their reach is huge. Like they have millions of followers, uh, mostly Instagram, I presume, but I'm sure other social media places. And when you have that much reach, you can you can monetize it. Even if you're not running ads directly on it, you can brand deals, Fire Festival. Like you can build that right. business. and. Uh, it's, you know, we're all content creators here and it fucking sucks. It's, it sucks to see that on the internet. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking to two comedians, Devram and Jason, may or may not be friends of ours, behind Mug <laughs> Jerry, which is basically a parody account of Fuck Jerry, except Mug Jerry steals everything from Fuck Jerry. And then they do get in touch with the original creators and they pay them for their work. I love it. So, yeah, slow <laughs> So you should unfollow Fuck Jerry because Fuck Jerry and you should follow Mug Jerry and get all the same content and sleep comfortably at night knowing that the creators got paid for their tweets and memes. JK, how do people sleep comfortably at night? I don't know. <laughs> you know, we didn't mention that they're going to talk about is if Robin Jason managed to get a meeting with fuck Jerry and propose <laughs> it's greatest taking their it's the content greatest. and not paying them. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I love them. Yeah. They're great. And they're like, it, it's interesting. Cause if you see them, they're two white dudes and I feel like they definitely know are aware of that and have like leveraged that to get into certain spaces and like pretend that they're Republican media or pretend that they're like one of the guys at Fuck Jerry or something like that. So I'll be really curious <laughs> yeah. like how they got that meeting. Yeah. Guys, I have a question. Yeah. As we know, I, this is a non sequitur. As we know, I complain a lot about my insomnia on this podcast. And I wanted to say, Jen, are you under the weather today? Oh, your voice is sounding a little different. Yeah. It's uh, a little raspy. <laughs> It's a little raspy. And I, I knew I was turned on for a reason. I know. I don't really know why, to be honest. I hope I'm not getting sick. I don't feel sick. Uh, but I'm glad you noticed because I felt like I had very good podcast voice today. <laughs> well, I didn't want to make you feel like it's not spectacular, but I also wanted to say, hey, I hope you're feeling okay. Oh, thanks, girl. Because <laughs> one of us needs to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great. I feel great. <laughs> okay. You guys aren't going to prank me you this week, are me. you? Oh my God, that was the most fun I've ever had. You know what? I didn't sleep the night before. So, and I'd been so looking forward to it. And then I didn't sleep. And then the next day I slept and I was like excited about it all over again. I wanted to text you guys and be like, remember when we pranked Jen yesterday? I just can't believe it actually happened. It was so elaborate and thoughtful and terrible at the same time. I had so many feelings about it that I'm still processing. (laughs) I I feel taken advantage of, but also really loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. That's the best kind. Congratulations, really. (laughs) That was awesome. Shall we get some trivia? Yeah, I like that. I'm really just leave leaving you dangling in the wind to I love queue up the trivia the segment. Yeah. Like that should it, be it my should, job, but I'm sleep at the wheel here. Get with it, Silverman. <laughs> Matt sleeps everywhere. <laughs> Today's episode is all about the culture of Instagram, the culture of accounts and the stealing and justice. Instagram yeah. justice, as I like to say. This is a pretty inane uh, Instagram trivia question. What mysterious inanimate San Francisco object has 255,000 Instagram followers. Now, Allie, you've lived in San Francisco for a little while. You're not there anymore. It's true. Right? Yeah. But hopefully... You're gonna fe- you're gonna know this one just. Oh, I do know this. By osmosis. How, how many followers, Matt? I think I, th- oh. I think I do. I oh. might. All right. All I right. might. Uh, I know. We got choices coming up. I know that Carl the Fog is huge on Twitter. Okay. Well. Okay. How he's many in the followers? Choices here. Okay. Uh-huh. What mysterious inanimate object from San Francisco has two hundred and fifty five thousand wow. Instagram okay. followers? Your choices <laughs> are a, 
A fog that consistently rolls across the Bay Area. That's choice A. B, Alcatraz Prison. Or C, two seats from the historic Candlestick Park that now travel the world so sports fans can sit in them and take selfies. Oh. That is choice C. So which of these inanimate objects has a huge following on Instagram? Fog. I mean, Carl the Fog. Allie ruined it. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Carl the Fog. Because people are probably tracking him. They want to know right. when it's rolling in. Yep. Yeah, when, when he's coming, how long they can stay in the park totally. for. Yeah. Everyone goes with choice A, the fog. We will find out the correct answer after this very important commercial break. And now a real advertisement entitled, Did You Lose a Ham? From the internet's lost and found bin for forgotten meat products, Craigslist. Perhaps a bear broke into your kitchen and stole it from the counter where it was cooling, and then discarded it because it was overly salty. Or maybe uh, you and some other scenesters you just met were snacking on it during Moogfest, but then when you woke up Monday morning next to the trash cans in Chicken Alley, it was gone. I'm not sure of all the possible scenarios under which someone might lose a ham. It's in worse shape than it was when I saw it last night. Perhaps due to the rain. Or a random vagrant gnawing on it. The brown fat on the outside isn't so deliciously crispy looking this morning. It's a bone-in ham. Not sure it's obvious from the photo. And it's been eaten on some. But there's definitely some serious meat left on it. Looks like it was pretty tasty in its day. (laughs) Anyway, it's laying on the mulch in between the Civic Center and the sidewalk. I'm sure you'll be relieved to know where it is. Allie, are you a turkey or a ham person? Oh, ham, you know this. So on Thanksgiving, you would prefer ham to turkey? <laughs> Absolutely. I would if it was an option. And I mean, it's too bad because pigs are like smart and adorable. They but the, everything that comes from a pig is delicious. I know. I know. Cool. So I'm excited for trivia because I think I have it right. Let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. What mysterious inanimate San Francisco object has 255,000 Instagram followers Y'all both went with A, a fog that rolls in the Bay mm-hmm. Area every so mm-hmm. often. Sticking with that Sticking answer. Sticking with it. Very decisive. Very confident. The correct answer is A, Carl yeah, the Fog. Yeah, better be. It's got to be Carl. People want to know where he is, where he's at, what he's doing. Yeah. I, I was really 50-50. I'm disappointed. I usually try to trick you. And I thought, oh, a San Francisco trivia. Allie might know it, but then she might second guess herself. No, nope, <laughs> you were in there. Got it. Yeah. Well, now Carl the Fog is a thing in San Francisco. I mean, it's big. So That's what I learned. Uh, the name Carl is a reference to the 2003 film Big Fish. Uh, the creator of the accounts say that uh, Carl was the giant that everyone was afraid of because he thought the, the, the characters in this movie I haven't seen it uh they thought the giant would would kill and eat them but in fact he was a friendly giant he was just hungry and lonely so that's why he named the fog carl and because this this instagram and you mentioned twitter these accounts are so popular that sort of track where the fog is and uh post pictures like everyone in the bay area now refers to it as carl which i thought was Mm -hmm. amazing uh, the power of mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Speaking of Instagram and Twitter, should we hear are our guests here yet or no? I feel like Matt, you might have something up your sleeve today. I don't know. Uh, no okay. tricks. No, no tricks, tricks okay. today. All right, everybody. We're very happy to have with us Jason Selvig and Devram Stiefler of The Good Liars. Welcome, both of you. How are you? Great. Um, I'm Devram. Yeah, I'm Jason, and I'm great, too. So it's not a competition, <laughs> but we're both great. Fabulous. <laughs> Allie, how are you doing today? I didn't even ask you. I- I'm mediocre, so they're winning. Okay. Oh, what's the matter, Allie? <laughs> I don't oh, sleep guys. at night. We all know this. We've been, don't, don't even open that floodgate, but I don't, okay. I'm, I'm looking for some chloroform. 
Um, okay. <laughs> what? Well, I, I yeah. got you covered. I have sleep problems too, but we'll talk after this. Okay, we'll talk after. Okay. Uh, so glad you guys show. are winning yeah. that talking. competition. Yeah. That's like the best dirty talk for me right now. Sleep talk. Oh my God. I'm like, give it to me. Yeah. Let's um, talk. So, Tell me what you're trying. Yes. What? <laughs> I think we should start by having both of you, if you don't mind, uh, give our listeners an idea of the work that you're doing together with the Good Liars, and then we'll get into Mug Jerry from there. If you could tell us about your bromance. Yeah, just sure. lay it all out there. Uh, Devram and I got to know each other. We actually, we did some sketch comedy stuff together um, years ago. And then our first thing that we did, I guess, as the Good Liars, although we weren't called the Good Liars at that point, was down at Occupy Wall Street. where That hot comedy club? Yeah, that hot <laughs> comedy club, <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. Uh, no, the actually, were through the park. It was a protest <laughs> to try and save our democracy. Actually, um, and, that didn't work out so well. No, it didn't. No, actually, it was a massive failure. But we went down there. Uh, uh, pretending to be investment bankers to the protests at Occupy Wall Street, giving a voice to the 1% um, and telling them to, to get out of our park. Yeah, we said things like, if if you guys uh, keep protesting, we're going to have to kick our cocaine habit or sell our season <laughs> Yankees tickets. Um, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I Wait, I didn't even see that one. What was their reaction? Or did they know you were like doing a stunt? No, they, they, they actually didn't really. Um, no matter what we would say, we were taken seriously. Uh, and we did a well, handful that's unfortunate. of stunts. That's maybe why the protest failed. <laughs> right. and, and eventually we actually had real uh, investment bankers join our protests as we were saying stuff oh like that. They God. were saying it along with us. Oh, shit. Yeah. So wow. at that point, we were like, maybe there's something to this kind of like real world, world comedy stuff. And uh, we've been kind of doing it ever since. I didn't even know about know. that one. <laughs> they joined in. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah. There's, I mean, you can watch, there's some videos on our website. Um, from that we, um, we sold cufflinks like really cheap cufflinks that said one percent on them for like outrageous prices <laughs> uh, and people wanted to be part of it so they spent like three hundred dollars on a pair of cufflinks uh, and we were just oh, trying to shit. see how far we could how take it how many cufflinks did you sell i don't yeah i don't i don't remember i don't know if we kept up with the orders after a while it was like <laughs> what is even happening obviously well, we're very bad at capitalism so yeah. <laughs> we know where the yeah, mug jerry money comes from money Here maker. <laughs> And then in the meantime, we, we did a bunch of other projects and then a movie uh, called Undecided uh, during the 2016 election where we pranked uh, all the presidential candidates. So we've kind of been at it for several years now. Wow. So uh, just for people who haven't seen that, what's like your favorite prank from that movie? My favorite prank was when we called Donald Trump boring. We were at a <laughs> speech of his <laughs> and it really when we were filming it, it we were really bored. He was being really, really boring. And then in the middle of it, we both kind of turned to each other and were like, this would probably be the most hurtful thing that you could ever say to Donald Trump is that he's boring. <laughs> so we just started yelling, this is boring. <laughs> Tell some jokes. Come on, entertain us. And he got very, very upset. It looks like we actually hurt his feelings. Might have been the only time on the campaign trail where he looked genuinely hurt. My my wow. favorite uh, stunt was when uh, Rick Santorum was having an event at a gun range. And uh, we just kind of started pretending like we worked there and we're taking him through like the protocol, uh, the watching the safety video before shooting the guns. And so he thought we worked there, but all the media thought we were his sons. So... <laughs> We like are watching the safety video with Rick Santorum, his daughter, and the two of us. And uh, eventually we're firing guns with Rick Santorum. And that part in the movie, Jason is kind of without a father uh, figure in his life and starts to call Rick dad. Uh, and it just is so bizarre. And we're firing guns the whole time. So there's like a danger to it. Um, and for the record, I still consider Rick Santorum to be family. Um, so, Rick, if you're listening, I miss you and I love you. <laughs> what was his reaction to you calling him dad? His reaction was, 
sh- sh- teaching me how to load a gun and fire it. <laughs> and a little bit of confusion, but but the, the fallout from that was the next day. There were, uh, there were a bunch of stories um, about the event, talking about what had happened and how odd it was that Rick Santorum's sons had never fired a gun before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, really? That's so interesting, too, just in like a land of not fact checking, you know, that they, re- so they, they really thought you were his uh, sons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was mostly because we were calling him dad. I can't really fault the reporter. (laughs) Right, right. Got it. Got it. Just to add, like, from the outside looking in as as just a consumer of media, the beauty of this whole thing, I'm a fan of the movie, but, like, I saw you guys getting coverage – uh, and just being written up as like, oh, these bozos are just doing stunts at political rallies. Nobody knew that you were actually putting a movie together and then seeing the same events come together as part of a story in the movie was like, you know, mind blown. Loved it. Oh, thank you very much. Matches called you bozos. <laughs> that's <laughs> the part that I would take away. We were the bozos. media. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's but, you know, that, that, that was the idea was that it would be really yeah. satisfying for anybody who had followed along that this was then part of a narrative film but along the way not knowing if we were going to succeed in making the film uh we weren't sure if we were bozos or not (laughs) we weren't sure that we could finish the project and have it all connect so there was a certain intensity in doing this stuff and needing to finish the film and get it out before the election did you hand Mike Pence a pair of balls did that happen no we (laughs) wasn't there something that was Paul Ryan Paul Ryan. We gave, oh, we gave Paul yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah, yeah. his balls okay. back because he was missing his balls. Great. Yeah. Okay. That, that uh, was after the election. Yeah. That was in 2017 when Paul Ryan was just kind of yeah. like a lapdog. I for enjoyed Trump. that one as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, before we get to Mug Jerry, tell us about SantaCon because here in New York, uh, that prank was pretty big and people were devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, of all the stuff we've done, we've been held by the police and photographed by Secret Service and all these things, but never spent any time actually in jail. And uh, trying to shut down SantaCon uh, landed us in, in the clink. Yeah, we oh, really? Yeah, we, we put up posters that said SantaCon canceled uh, in an effort to, you know, kind of speaking on behalf of all New Yorkers, I think we all hate yes. SantaCon. It's a, the worst day of <laughs> yeah. the year. There's puke everywhere. <laughs> There's Santas making yeah. out with elves. <laughs> And we, we kind of played these characters who were like concerned citizens. Devram was a Republican and I was a Democrat. And we ended up doing news interviews. Oh, coming together over coming this. Together. The one thing after yeah. the 2016 election, the one thing we could it's actually nice. agree on. That's nice. Uh, so then on, on the yeah. morning of SantaCon, we went to uh, the gathering and got up on the stage with a bullhorn and told everyone that SantaCon's canceled to get back on the Long Island Railroad in New Jersey Transit. Wherever you came from and go back there, it's canceled. And we are getting led off the stage by police officers thinking they're just going to be like, get out of here, guys. And then we both felt our arms go behind our back and cuffs go on. And we're like, oh, man. So this is oh, the thing. Huh? And yeah. Was it trespassing? It was, um, I think we were kind of possibly inciting some violence with all of these drunk Santas in one place. So it might've been for our own protection a little bit, but it was actually for amplifying our voices without a permit. So uh, if the cops are listening, we still don't have those bullhorns back and we would really like them. That cost us like a hundred bucks for, for the bullhorns. And I found out the other day. You gotta sell more cufflinks. I know. I know (laughs) that that, uh, Alex Jones was arrested in New York city for the very same thing using amplified sound without a permit. So we're in really good company, I guess is what I'm saying. Us and Alex Jones. We're such a prudish city. Yeah. No dancing on the street. No amplifying your voices. This is New York. That's crazy. (laughs) But also, like, yeah. get a fine. Like, fine me. For, okay, you're disturbing the peace. That's a fine. Go to well, jail. We were there. For we should say like, we weren't. It wasn't like we were. It was a, a two year sentence. We were out by later that that afternoon. In fact, we hadn't <laughs> yes, filmed but... the entire sketch, so we were out maybe three or four hours later, and we still had to shoot the intro and the outro. Uh, dedication. Yeah, yeah. We had to relace our shoes. It's amazing, though, that of all the stunts that you did, that that's the one that got you arrested. 
Yeah, we so were so far. Yeah, so well, okay, I'll knock on some wood there, I guess. Um, yeah, so so yeah, far, yeah, it, it really speaks to the power of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were, and you know, Says. some people would think we're the Grinches. We think we were the Santas. Yeah, we that. were trying to save Christmas, really, um, but you know, they didn't see it that yeah. way. They were too drunk to see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Let's hear about this whole fuck Jerry nonsense that you're doing. We explained a little at the top, but maybe take it back for our listeners. Little rundown on Fuck Jerry and why you decided to go this direction. Sure. Yeah. Fuck Jerry have made millions and millions of dollars off of other people's work. They, for years, their business practice was literally take a screenshot of somebody's funny tweet and post it to their followers and then put advertisements uh, along with that. And they made millions of dollars from that. And only recently after the fuck, fuck Jerry movement, did, did they even give people credit for their work? So we thought we would, uh, try and give fuck Jerry a taste of their own medicine, I guess. That's right. So we, uh, originally we thought, wouldn't it be funny if we went to, uh, the fuck Jerry offices and just stole something from them just to, just to make it even, uh, but when we showed up, uh, we, we were kind of prepared in, in case anything else more interesting happened. And it did. We said we had a meeting with, uh, I think his name is Elliot Tabelli, the the uh, founder of Fuck Jerry. And we ended up. Did you have a meeting? We did not. You no. completely made that no, up. No. Okay. okay. So you just walked in. You were like, we have a meeting with him. And he just assumed well, that first, he did have a meeting. The first with thing him? I did was put a stapler in my pocket. So I knew that we had stolen something and we had achieved what we went there <laughs> yeah. for. Nice work. Uh, but then <laughs> uh, we, we talked to a guy. We said we had a meeting with Elliot. Um, and we're standing there wondering how this is going to go. And he comes back to us and says, actually, Elliot. Uh, doesn't have that in his calendar, but I'm the, what was it? I think he was the, he was the number two. Right. So Elliot was number one and he was number head two. Of, head of uh, social partnerships or something of uh, Fuck Jerry. And we got to sit down with wow. him, which is really nice of him, actually. Yeah. And um, do uh, kind of a bigger uh, version of what we had gone there to do, which was explain our business model to Fuck Jerry, which was to steal from Fuck Jerry. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we, we said we were from a group called Needia Media, um, which sounds real <laughs> enough, I guess. And we said that our business model is to stay, take a screen grab of every fuck Jerry post and then post it ourselves and sell ads on that. Uh, that post, the same thing that Fuck Jerry has done for years and years and years. Except they're, they're kind of doing all the work for us because we're just stealing their feed. Uh, and then we said, you know, and now that we're here, we want to know if you want to buy advertising on our uh, social media handle. And there's a great, there's a, we have a video of it and there is a great moment where this guy is telling back to us our business model, which is also fuck Jerry's business model, and then saying that he doesn't think that's a good business model. Oh my God. Uh, and then well. at the end of all that, after he's repeated uh, our business plan back to us, which is his business plan, and said that won't work, um, there's a bright red mug sitting on the table the whole time. And so we just say, you know what? We're just going to take this. Uh, <laughs> And he well, so he really did not see the irony at all. I, I think at the very end he thought something's going on, um, but I would say the irony of it never really entered into it. I think he knew that we were there to mess with him in some way, but I, I don't think he ever really understood what mm -hmm. was going on. And we made it easier for him once we said we're going to steal this from you, and then it was his cue to say, "No, you have to leave." Uh huh. Did Did you take the mug anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah, we took the mug and um, <laughs> it's actually sitting right in front of us uh, on my desk. Wow. And the stapler. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time we've ever told anyone we took the stapler. So, wow, that's this is this Damn. is breaking news here on the podcast. Breaking news. Yeah. Great. Confession. Great. Yeah. Exclusive. The exclusive. It. Right. Um, okay. So then what? What were the reactions? Well, so we decided that we really were going to launch an Instagram. Um, that steals all of Fuck Jerry's posts, but we didn't want to just give credit and consent. We thought that we'll lead by example and we will pay the people that create the content because without 
the actual jokes and the memes that they're posting, they literally have nothing. They fuck Jerry creates nothing. They just take and take and take. So now we reach out to people um, who are credited on fuck Jerry's posts. And we say, we're going to pay you to, to post it on, on mug Jerry. And obviously mug Jerry is because of that mug that we took. Uh, and we thought an apt name for, for our company would be mug Jerry. It's That's a great. double That's meaning, great. you right. see, because we're mugging yes. them, and it's a coffee <laughs> got it. mug. Okay, yeah. you yeah, guys got it. Okay. That's cool. good. Thanks for being clear. I see. I see what you we mean. We didn't realize yeah. that yeah. until after we- Do you <laughs> want to explain a little more? <laughs> oh, we were like, <laughs> no, we were really. like, we're going to call it Mug Jerry because we got a coffee mug. And then it was like, two hours later, we're like, what? <laughs> it works perfectly. <laughs> oh, shit. So It's uh, also a verb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How does payment work? How much are you paying these people? Are you Venmoing them? What's actually happening? So w- we actually told a friend of ours about what we wanted to do. Uh, uh, his name's Chris, and he started a company called Promethean IT. Uh, and he just thought it was hilarious and offered to pay the people. So it's only 10 bucks oh, for wow. now. Um, oh. But uh, we're not making any money off of it. If we were Fuck Jerry and we're actually making money off of this, it would be a lot more. Right. I mean, the the goal is still, they have like 14.3 million followers and we want to take all of them. We want all of them to follow us. And then we want to sell ads on, on Mug Jerry. <laughs> and then we're going to split all of that amongst all the content creators that are on Mug Jerry. Um, so I guess we're it's it's kind of socialism a little right. bit. We're socializing social media. <laughs> oh my god, someone needs to put in the social right. back in social media. So how many followers do you have now on it? Ten million. <laughs> no, we have like uh, I, I think it's like seven seventy five hundred right now yeah. or something like okay. that. Okay, okay, come on, listeners, get in on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what? So what have the comedians' reactions been when you reach out? Uh, for the most part, it's been. Everyone is just like, oh, yeah, awesome. This is amazing. Of course. Yeah, send me the money. Um, some people say you could just donate to charity or give it give it away to somebody who's needy. And uh, But but most people will just t- take the money, which I don't blame them for. Uh, but we've... Which comedians are really good people and said um, to give to the needy and which comedians didn't? No, we're not calling people uh, out. I'm kidding, I'm, no, kidding, I'm, I'm gonna, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm going to put everyone okay, on board. get you a comprehensive list so you guys can read them <laughs> okay. off. But there, there was kind of a, a touching thing that happened one time when I reached out to somebody. Um, they had a meme that was... I can't even remember what the meme was. It was a tweet. It was one of their tweets, and it was a funny thing. It was like about Cookie Monster or something, like from Sesame Street. And I reached out to him, being like, "Hey, can I, I'd love to to send you some money for posting this meme." And he like saw that it was the web. The our page is by the Good Liars, and he's like, "What is this? Like, let's be honest. What is, what are you guys doing?" And I was like, "Oh, we're giving away money, or I could donate to charity." Then we started having a back and forth conversation and it turned out his father had died of cancer and we, I was like, should we donate to the American, or he suggested to donate to the American Cancer Society. And then uh, I was like, should I put the donation in your name? And it turned into this really heartfelt conversation between two people. And uh, he was genuinely touched when, when the, when the, um, when we posted it and, and he tweeted it and it was it was really really sweet. So oh. so sometimes it it turns from like just a, a normal interaction. It's three lines back and forth, uh, three messages back and forth. And sometimes we're we're talking, and I end up crying at the end of it. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. are, are you crying? That are you crying the right now? Story from two bozos. Yeah, I know. Two bozos start <laughs> weeping on podcasts. <laughs> so we know the answer to this somewhat based on what you've said already, but I would love to hear more in your own words. Why are you doing this? (laughs) The simple answer is fuck Jerry is doing something that's wrong. It's objectively wrong with what they're doing, how they've made money. They've, they've stolen from people and they're stealing their work and passing it off as their own or just stealing their work and not giving them payment for the work. And, you know, I think what, what had them on our mind was the um, the Firefest documentary, where they played a role in uh, pulling one over on a lot of people, costing a lot of people money. A lot of locals who worked for uh, on Firefest and are still gone unpaid. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, know, wait, can we talk about that? Because I was mentioning, I saw the documentary that didn't mention them. So what was their role in the Fire Festival? So they were they heading up the social media for it or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were a big part of why it went viral and why mm. this money was spent and these locals were taken advantage of. And at the end of the mm. day, they produced a documentary on it that made them look like innocent bystanders in the whole thing and then made a bunch of money off the documentary. So wow. uh, it was just the cherry on wow. top of like, Wow, you guys are shitty. Uh, and if there's a way to make people think about that um, and in a funny way, which we always try and say something maybe semi-important, but definitely do it in a funny way, uh, this fit the bill for that. And we should also, we shouldn't pull a fuck Jerry here. We should also credit all of the comedians um, who behind the fuck fuck Jerry movement that happened uh, earlier this year who kind of spoke out and were like, this is bullshit that they're stealing all of all of these people's work without without crediting without crediting them that made them change their policy to give credit and consent to the people that that from the the um tweets that they used yet still they built their whole business on stealing from people and their big generous uh uh reaction to the fuck fuck cherry thing is to just still not pay people but at least mention uh that they created whatever meme or tweet but the whole platform on which they make all their money was uh, built on stealing yeah it's pretty wild that this is allowed to happen in the sense that when you lay it out it is so unethical um so i don't know where i'm going with this but what has happened to ethics and morals does anybody know where they went yeah, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. <laughs> like why are like why are they not in trouble for this does anyone know why, why did you guys get arrested and not them? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it seems like a lot of your work kind of touches directly on the, the uh, feeling that we've all lost a moral compass in some ways. So, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, it's the, we have the power with, with Fuck Jerry. I mean, that's kind of what we um, set out to do. It's like you have the option to either uh, follow them and uh, not support the people or follow somebody else and, and support them. And obviously and laugh mm -hmm. just as much. It'll be the exact same content, <laughs> but people will be getting paid for it. So we were trying to give people an option to support um, something that has a little bit of a moral compass built into it. But what else can be done? You think like, should, you know what I mean? Like, is, is it the responsibility of Instagram Google, Facebook, Google, to take Google down fuck Cherry, and then go to their office and steal stuff. Do they have Broadway. an LA office? Uh, no, I don't know. I, Maybe that one didn't yeah. come up. Hey, Google yeah. it, and then go there and take whatever you want. <laughs> and um, pretend you and, have a meeting. Yeah. And that's Say you have a meeting. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. I mean, we, we've uh, laid the have... groundwork for you guys. It's it's. <laughs> Everyone did that. They have no staples and coffee mugs. Yeah. How, how are you going to get anything <laughs> done if you can't consolidate your papers or drink right. coffee or, or drink decaffeinated? Yeah. Right. Yeah, especially in 2019. I mean, if they can't consolidate their papers, right? Exactly. How, how, yeah. It's really, it's a real, real problem nowadays. I have so, so many papers. Yeah. I have another, a next level existential question here that I'd love your take okay. on. I'm ready. Um, some economist types and technology type people have put this forward where they say, okay, we, the users of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, we put a bunch of content onto this network for free. We do not get any compensation for that, but we, the people are creating the value because what what's the point of Facebook or Instagram if there's no pictures or status updates there? And so some well, there have is proposed, no point. So there is right. I mean, set that aside. So the reason people get value out of these networks is because their friends are posting things and funny people are posting things, etc. So some have proposed that hey, Facebook's making bajillions of dollars off of the, our content. Shouldn't Facebook be cutting us all ten dollar checks? Yes. And so I've heard about this and thought about this separately and. You guys are actually doing it within the parameters of the current system, and my mind kind of just got blown a little bit there as well. Well, in, in a perfect world, um, and we haven't been as active as we should have been about this, but in a perfect world, we'll have sponsorship. We'll have people who buy ads on the Mugjerry account, and then they, with that money, we can we can use it to 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 pay the people with the content. They can make more money off of it as our 
Instagram gains more value, then sharing one of your posts on that Instagram will be worth more. Um, so, right. so I think right. But then the larger question is: Shouldn't Instagram pay as well? Well, I think that's a it's a that's a that there it, there's a lot you'd have to get into with that. It's like should should somebody with twenty followers do they bring as much value to it as somebody as the rock does or somebody with millions nobody of brings as much value as the rock yes <laughs> okay and that's, that's the that's point yeah. probably if Factual. everything were as fair as fair can be instagram would be paying something but i think this is a much more direct way uh, uh that makes a lot of sense to us yeah. which is instead of what fuck jerry did which was steal and then profit uh that most of that profit should be going back to the people uh, who created the content. So I think that was our kind of more direct way of, of doing it. Yep. And I just want to uh, clarify that, like, clearly one party is stealing and profiting. And in, an, in the other scenario, we, the users, are willingly putting content up. And if you get value from interacting with your friends, then you are getting value. It's just mon- it's just not monetary. I think about YouTube. It's like, if I upload a video to YouTube, I'll make, you know, 15 cents off of the pre-roll. Even if I only got 200 views, I still get something. And that is a more, that strikes me as a more um, sustainable uh, creator-friendly network, as opposed to these other networks that just take and take. Yeah. And I, and I would argue, I guess it's it that the problem with Facebook and Instagram and a lot of these other companies is you're not just going and interacting with your friends. You're being advertised to and your information's being stolen in a way that you probably don't even realize. And that your opinion on things is being shaped in ways you don't realize. And that is not something you'd probably sign off on if somebody showed you, read it out loud to you on the side of the street. You would never agree to that. But because it's just built into these uh, user agreements, we we just say yes to it because it's free. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it is a complicated thing. Did you ever hear from Fuck Jerry after your visit to their office, or since having this page up? No, no, I, no. <laughs> wow. uh, which probably <laughs> makes sense for them, but um, we did send them an invoice. Yeah, we 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 invoiced them because uh, <laughs> we advertised their uh, their shitty tequila. The, right. Was it their tequila? Tequila yeah. that they oh. advertised. We, we, in keeping with our mission to copy their feed, we also posted that. Uh, and so we invoiced them for $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, you know, we're, it's an advertisement for them, you know, it's, and that's what we're going to charge all of our advertisers. So we thought we were being, <laughs> we also, yeah, really. not totally. but in the subject or in the uh, yeah. caption of it, we said, don't drink this tequila. So maybe, it wasn't the best advertisement. For Stick them. to the brand points yeah. if you want to make money. Right, right. Yeah, it's like we should have a we should make our own shitty card game too. Yeah, that they have. Yeah, they're, that's the that's the other funny thing about them is their their business model is like bad tequila, sell bad tequila, and a Cards Against Humanity ripoff game. And they're like, they can't, they're not even thinking of anything yeah. new. Right. It, like, it just goes to show how not creative they are um, and, and why they had to start stealing yeah. from people in the first place. Like, I was thinking, what do they do all day? They must have a lot of people in a very fancy office. And here you guys are like doing the same fucking thing, like for a few minutes every day. It's a very fancy office with not a lot of people in it. Interesting. It's okay. just a big office with like four people milling around uh, and because they're not creating anything. <laughs> Four millionaires. Okay. <laughs> Do you think they've convinced themselves that what they're doing is fine? Maybe because Instagram is a model of, you know, Instagram's profiting off of everyone else's posts. Um, are you asking if they can sleep at night? <laughs> I just like so fascinating uh, to me that people can do this kind of shit. And how yeah. you can use it? How come I can't <laughs> sleep at night and uh, they opening can? Opening Instagram and stealing people? Yes. Do I need uh, to start stealing? Right. Maybe start it's the small, adrenaline Allie, rush of thievery puts you to sleep. I did sleep, sleep better and better. I I'm slept really it. well after we took the coffee mug. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> uh, uh, we got to talk. I'm still not sleeping great. So we'll figure it out together. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about that. Cool. Cool. Okay. Great. Oh my God. A buddy. Um, anyway. Cool. 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 So, uh, did they respond to the invoice? Strangely, no. It's and maybe we should 
we should Are send you gonna a follow, follow up because yeah. you should really follow should up circle on invoices. Back. We should circle back. Yeah, we should loop them back <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, you should. You should. <laughs> you know, I, I check my bank account every day, but it's nothing's <laughs> arriving. <laughs> it's very yeah. weird. Maybe they're listening. If they're listening, guys, you owe us ten thousand bucks. We posted you an ad, so pay us. Mm-hmm. I would love for you both to describe a little bit how the process of choosing what projects you're taking on. Uh, do you have the idea for what you're going to do first? Or you, cho- you know you're going to do something with the election? Like, how do you decide which things you want to take on and what you're going to do? I think it varies. The, the, the Fuck Jerry was an idea we've been messing around with for a long time before we did it. And then it worked out great, we thought. The, for a video point of view, we really liked the video. We thought it was funny, and uh, we were excited about launching the the Mug Jerry account. Uh, but sometimes, like the the Don Junior book cover last week or two weeks ago, we just uh, came up with the idea in the morning, and then an hour later we were doing it. Could um, you explain that one for our listeners? Sure. Uh, Don Junior came out with his book uh, Triggered. And we put out a book cover uh, at a display in Barnes and Noble uh, and changing the title of his book. And it was called Daddy, Please Love Me. (laughs) How everything I do is to try and earn my father's love. Uh, And it was a a book cover that mimicked his book cover. And then we put it in in Barnes and Noble on a display. So it looked legit in the young adult section. (laughs) And that was something, you know, we we did the Photoshop in the morning or in the afternoon. And then we went and did it. and printed it and did it and that and it was up online in like three hours so sometimes it's like we plan for months and then yeah. sometimes uh we just do it and and jeez it's out there right away i saw this because on my twitter feed and did not know it was you guys because someone just saw it in there and posted a photo i actually think it's a podcast follower oh really posted oh, this and and people were asking like is the, is this real and i was like this is a great stunt <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah we we put it on twitter and it's it went I mean, it did go viral pretty fast. Bet Mittler retweeted it at the beginning of posting it, and it was oh my god! It was so yeah. that's bad. What's she up to? She's, she's retweeting. She's retweeting. She's <laughs> retweeting <laughs> our tweets. Look, if you want to go viral on the internet in 2019, you got to get bet. Well, that's my first she rule. was the wind beneath our wings in this case because it really pushed us wow. over the edge as far as going. I viral. I think we should end there. That was beautiful. Beaches. <laughs> I would sing it. I actually did sing that in first grade at our the graduation it was like a whole school graduation i sang wind beneath my wings but me and all the other first graders it was not just me did you know that in high school jason played joseph and joseph in the technicolor dream coat joseph in the amazing amazing dream coat yeah yeah, it's an, it's not just any old dream coat. I'm I'm not entirely sure what that part had to do with Bette Midler, but I'm glad that you shared that. I well, feel... I think it tracks. I... It goes. It goes. I it sang in, in first grade, and then I also sang when I was a senior uh, in a musical. So I never stopped singing. Yeah. Until right. after that, I've stopped right after that. <laughs> I can play "Wind Beneath My Wings" on the piano. So if you ever want to do a collabo, just let me know. I want to do a collabo. I'm letting you know. <laughs> All right. My people will call your people. <laughs> okay, cool. cool. Uh, what were we talking about? Bette Midler? Oh, the book. Yeah. I don't know. You should listen to this me. part yeah. of the podcast. It'll put you to sleep finally. I <laughs> wish that were true. I'm curious how you film all of these things. Like, how the hell did you film inside of Fuck Jerry's office? Oh, yeah. So at the at the end of the little video we put out, um, so Jason was kind of holding his phone by his hip the whole time. I thought very conspicuously, but <laughs> I guess if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it. Uh, and I have the dopiest glasses on the entire time. So at the end of the video, uh, you see from Jason's cell phone, from his camera's point of view, you see me at the very end. And there are these big, like, I don't know what, what you described, like, plastic kind of maybe like horn rimmed glasses kind of thing yeah they look uh, like they're like safety goggles yeah there's a, there's a camera in them <laughs> there's a camera in them but, and so like you know some a fair bit of the footage from that is is from those uh glasses uh camera oh, oh cool. okay. so that's how we filmed that one yeah and it's, but a lot of times we also have a you know a group of great friends slash uh camera people who are willing to kind of 
mix it up with us and get into intense situations and and film uh and then sometimes it's just jason or i with our phones just trying to adapt to the situation and make it happen that's great yeah we've, we've got some great people we've worked with charlotte kaufman peter barr uh, great camera people we've worked with. Charlotte Kaufman was one of our first interns. I it's don't think it's the, the same, same Charlotte, Charlotte Kaufman. Kaufman. No, it's definitely How not you know? because because I'm in touch with our with our Charlotte. Yeah, and she's oh, doing are? something okay. with like the Stanford Voices what? Project or something. She's doing really cool things where she like goes around the country and interviews people. Okay, are you well, sure it's not the same? It sounds one? like <laughs> does she have a does she have a, a well known father? Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, it's, it's probably the same one. It could be the same. You're like, it can't be the same Charlotte because our Charlotte is conducting interviews that are interesting. She's filming something that sounds pretty cool. No, but I don't think she films. This would blow my fucking mind okay. if it's the it same. It might not be the same how, one. How old is your Charlotte? How young is she? How yeah, young how is young she? is she? How young is she? She looks 22. She's, um, I think she's she's 30 something. Okay, so, no, it's a different Charlotte then. It's a different Charlotte. We'll return to talking about people you don't know yeah. after this commercial break. <laughs> but it turns out that Charlotte Coffins are great and have famous dads. None of this goes, by the way. None of this gets edited yeah, out. Yeah, I'm it. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we've all found our Charlotte. Wait, so what's the famous dad for this Charlotte? I don't. We're not going to say ours. But you say yours. No, I'll bleep it. I'm you not going to say mine either. Bleep it. Bleep it. I'll bleep it. Bleep okay. it. It's Barack Obama, isn't it? It's Barack <laughs> Obama. I think he does something for like a company, but he's like the CEO, and he's like in in that area. I'm on Devram's Facebook, and I looked up his friends and mutual friend Charlotte. <gasps> oh Collins. my god, it's the same Charlotte. No, he. Our Charlotte's father is not a. What does he do? What does he do? <laughs> oh, he's. I mean, we'll we'll edit this part out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We will. Uh, we will. But he, he's he's from. Uh, no, that's it's not the not. same Charlotte. It's not the same Charlotte. I also I think know. our Charlotte Kaufman <laughs> doesn't film. Like she's doing interviews with like immigrants and stuff around the country. Let's edit this part that's out. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway. Cool. That was a roller coaster, guys. <laughs> that that was a roller coaster. <laughs> Exhausted. Great. Where do we go <laughs> yes, from here? How's everybody doing? I. This has been Pretty great. Good. How are you? This has been good. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, okay. Well, no. My yeah. big question is: Is comedy gonna? Is comedy going to bring this country back together? Is it Just a healing a mechanism for the times for that we're you. in? What do we you think? Know, do you have the well. answer to our woes? <laughs> Ask, yeah, ask us to say it on this count of three. The, our answer. Okay. What? One. Oh, okay. Say your answer on the count of three. One. Go ahead, Ali. Two, you can count them in. Three. We no. certainly hope so, but we're not sure. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We both. That's not what you were gonna say. <laughs> Did you break the mic? <laughs> we certainly hope so, but we're not sure. Yeah. Is what I was yeah. gonna say. I didn't right. even hear what yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I said no. I, I, but I don't know. I've been wrong about everything ever. So I, I, I hope that I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong about that. How I was so do wrong we bring... about 2016. Ugh. Oh yeah, but we all were. How do we bring before, but... ethics and morals back into the nation? Just a small question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think about Marge Simpson in that brothel episode. Uh, when she's like tries to sing a song about eth ethics and morals, and then like the truck goes into the, the brothel and knocks it down. Anyway, anyway, that's like season five. That's cool. We're doing good. How do we okay. fix this country? Cool. We'll, we'll watch it. Um, Devram, I I feel like it. We have to probably elect someone different in 2020, and it will be a slow march towards civility if we can get the right person in power and i'm not sure who that is but it's certainly not donald trump because everything he says is just made to kind of it's divide garbage. and conquer so i think um i you know i'm really hoping that we can watch the the country slowly heal but right now it feels like we're pretty far from it yes yeah i think after the dust settles 100 years after the civil war the second civil war will 
Right, got it. Be able to come back together. (laughs) Whoever is still alive after the oceans rise will create a utopian society. So it's actually a pretty positive view on things if you just let it play out long enough. The centennial of our new long-term thinking country that comes after the Civil War, I think, and the oceans rising. So we're talking about Waterworld because that. Mm-hmm. That's we're in, talking about we're talking about water world. <laughs> Make your water craft <laughs> something seaworthy. You're gonna pee, you drink your pee. That's what happens in the water world. <laughs> That's the scene right. that I always seen. I remember from that movie. He drinks his pee. Really stuck in my mind. You know what? That's. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you. Well, um, on that bizarre ending, um, thank you so much for joining us. Fight the good fight, good liars. It was a pleasure. And where can listeners follow you? Our address is... (laughs) Cool. Come on. Like second follow time, us second around. Um, that'd be cool. If people want to see more, go to goodliars.com, follow us on Twitter at the Good Liars. And we have a Patreon we just launched because we were like, we, sh- we should ask for help from, from our fellow man. If you guys mm. want to help us do cool You're stuff, sure. uh, like Mug Jerry and the Don Jr. book cover, you can go to patreon.com slash the good liars. Yeah. All right, y'all. Support them. And go to at Mug Jerry. Give it a follow right now, too. Thank you, both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So much fun. The way that they're doing this is so masterful, but like you can't say that if you're the one doing this. But you know, I, we asked them about is can this heal the country? And like, it's not going to heal the country, obviously, but like, I think there's so much power just in the way that they're coming at these issues that makes people think about it, yet also laugh about it at the same time. And I think they're I awesome. I love what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so brave. You I'm heard such it here. A- we like them. I know. I'm such a, <laughs> I'm scared of breaking rules. And like the idea of um, like getting arrested for doing something like that is terrifying to me. So I'm also yeah. admiring of how they take those risks. Yeah. You wouldn't be good at this, but I wouldn't either. I need to rehearse. Otherwise I just giggle through it. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd As be the bad know. liars. Yeah, we're not good at lying. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you, you nailed it. it. It's it's rule-breaking comedy, for lack of a better term, or rule-breaking experiential comedy. Not that they're breaking the rules of comedy, yeah. but that they're inserting themselves in places where they shouldn't be and then capturing that. And, and nine times out of 10, it's like, most people are just like, go along with it. Like, they don't see anything fishy with like, just showing up for a meeting that's not on the calendar, mm-hmm. showing up at a rally where they don't belong. Like everyone just is so uh, accepting and gullible until they pull the trigger on the joke, on the punchline. Right. And then it's, and then it goes crazy. It's, it's brilliant, it but it's just, it speaks to the gullibility of people, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. It, even in the highest intensity situations, it just seems like they can be very matter of fact. Like I can't imagine sitting across from that executive at Jerry Media and pitching this idea. Um, right. But they really, you know, believed in it for the greater good and just went with it. And there's something very genuine about it in a way. Yeah. I um, wonder if I was in that meeting, if I would keep it together, because I'd like be in a fucking meeting. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? But I know. It's pretty wild when they do it. Yeah. Listeners should definitely go check out their stunts. I mean, the other thing too is like, They've done so many and there are so many good ones. You know what I mean? You know, like when you watch SNL, you're like, some sketches are a real dud. Like they are really (laughs) consistently doing these stunts and they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, it's like with, with Borat, you know, can he still do stunts because people know who Borat is? I don't know. Right. That's a good example. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There are two of them. Well, but, but Sasha Baron Cohen just keeps creating new characters. Right. Right. He's, he's very invisible. He's very, um, He's so fucking talented. It's insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go follow Mug Jerry. Stop following Fuck Jerry if you do. Unfollow. Also, why are people following him at this point? Like, we all know the terrible things they've done. Um, Also, I like the idea of the social media platforms having to pay the users. That's kind of interesting. But then it does get into the, like, are they getting, are the users getting something out of it, even if it's not financial? Frankly, I feel what I get out of social media is lowered self-esteem. So (laughs) um, they should probably pay me for that. They should pay you, yeah. (laughs) And all of us. It's tricky for content. It's tricky for content creators because when you write jokes for a living or you aspire to make comedy or documentary or whatever you do, and then you just put it online for free in the hopes of like, oh, I hope someone will see my work and hopefully that'll lead to bigger things. Like there, you do derive value from that visibility, but at the same time, you are populating this network with your heart and soul and getting almost nothing in return. Or or I I should rephrase, most people get almost nothing in return for that work 
hard, hard work. Uh, and it's only the 1% who kind of break through. And that's a very, that's a conundrum from a creative point of view. I, I think but about that But you're right a lot. that like YouTube does it. And YouTube really for a while, yes. I don't know if they are anymore, they were investing in their top influencers. Yeah, they they always had in the past, they still kind of do. And by invest, like they were throwing money at content creators and that was a separate thing. But I find that they have created an ecosystem that rewards good content. And there's an asterisk there and there's all kinds of controversy about YouTube's policies and advertising and all that said. But if you look at all the networks and you spread them out on a table, YouTube is kind of the only one where you could like make a living doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, that fascinates mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> cool. Uh, there are no ethics and morals and this <laughs> has been fun. <laughs> well, you look, I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because. Because you're the optimist and you always do. Well, I mean, we were joking about the long view, but take the longer view. I mean, go to the 1950s, like our country was segregated when people were being lynched. I mean, women did not enjoy the same rights as men in, in the same in the way we know t today. So yeah, that's true. That's just true. because people steal on Instagram doesn't mean that we've lost our way. We are a more, I would argue we are a more ethical uh, civilization today than we were 100 years ago. Yeah. And I take it back. Everything's great. I love that. That's so, so positive. And we're just being tested in different ways in 2019. They didn't have Instagram. Sure. That's, true. Just, yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's well, true. <laughs> yeah. We're on to bigger and better things. Sure. You know what I was thinking, Jen? What? Stealing content has been tale as old as time, actually, really. Because, like, historically, mm. black uh, musicians would write songs and then, like, a white musician would, like, rewrite it and get super popular. Yeah, people right. have always been selling. That's content. like That's how true. so much music has been made. So actually, things are better and they're exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, before we go, I do have one thing to share. It's an email from a listener. Woo! Oh, I love, oh, love them. This email comes from Jim from Albuquerque. We've heard from Jim before. He's a regular listener of the show. Uh, he writes in about the VR therapy episode. Uh, Jim says, my second career after the military was as a psychotherapist. Uh, it sounded to me as if your guest, he's talking about Sirmer, Sir, mm -hmm. I'm saying that right? Uh, Sirmer uh, was a guest on a previous episode who talks to people in VR and these conversations become very personal and deep and they're anonymous, but so he's having conversations with cartoon characters in VR and they become, they've been very therapeutic for a lot of people, a lot of uh, participants and viewers. Um, so Jim says, it sounds like Sermer is giving people a therapeutic experience in a safe way that would fit the ethical standards that I was taught. So I guess Jim had a, had a previous, uh, previous role here. And it's, it sounds like, uh, Sermer's methods are in line with sort of like, uh, clinical therapeutic, uh, guidelines. Uh, Jim, Jim says, uh, Sermer sounds as if he's a natural, more than a lot of people with degrees and licenses. Oh, wow. My only concern would be the safety of the caller uh, if they get overwhelmed. But then again, I volunteered one time at a suicide hotline where the callers were anonymous. Uh, we still provided that service and it was considered appropriate by, he, he says, the therapy gods. So like this idea of um, anonymous communication on a platform, be it the telephone or be it VR chat, this is a somewhat standard and established therapeutic uh, guidelines here from the medical community, which is yeah. was really interesting. That's really cool because I could see maybe people listening to that and as cool as it is being like, but is that therapy like could you really call it that so it's nice to hear somebody's perspective who has actually been a therapist that's cool well done yep. Sirmor. <laughs> well done there's a little bit more here uh, that i think jen you'll be particularly interested in uh jim says um on the matter of therapists not sharing anything about their lives which you had commented on in the episode jen uh, Jim says he was taught and practiced a bit different. If the therapist has a relevant history that might be useful to the client and can be shared in a way that's both safe uh, and doesn't create an outside relationship, then the therapist should ask themselves, if I share this, will it be for the client or will it be for myself? Mm. So I found that that made a lot of sense of like, I can give you some information about myself if it's useful to you 
but it can't be like, oh, we're just chit-chatting and I'm sharing my stuff and you're sharing your stuff because that's not the point of the therapeutic mm-hmm. relationship. Right. And maybe that gets to the heart of what you have experienced. Yeah. Jen. Yeah. And I think I was a little unfair last time when I was talking about that. I said, you know, my therapist never talks about himself. That's not necessarily true. But I think the delineation where it's like not going to form an outside relationship, it is just pertinent to what's being discussed that that's been my experience too. And that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for writing in yes. again, sir. And uh, we hope to hear from you again. All right, everybody. Well, on that note, we are going to leave you for now, but we'll be back next week. In the meantime, we would always love to hear from you on Twitter. I'm at Junebugger. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail. Our very favorite thing. That phone number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And please, please, please join our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can only get that link here, so please do go there and join a lively conversation about this week's show and about upcoming topics that you're interested in. Last but not least, Ali, if they would like to contribute, how do they do that? You can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P, and we hope that you will. There are various tiers at which you can contribute, and you receive perks from us. So check it out. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Then screenshotted and uploaded to Instagram. I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the pod conglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. But then when you woke up Monday morning next to the trash cans and chicken alley, it was gone.